Hi, I'm Dan Permack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by General Motors. Today's Tuesday, April 27th. The congressional power of red states is up, the congressional power of blue states is down, and we're focused on a recall election in California. California state officials yesterday announced that an effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom has secured the number of signatures needed to qualify for the ballot, with a statewide vote likely by year end. Why it matters is twofold. First, because California's governor is charged with leading not just America's largest state by population, but also the world's fifth largest economy. Second, because successful statewide recalls are extremely rare. In fact, only two governors have ever been recalled in the history of the country. North Carolina's governor in 1921, and California's governor in 2003, when Gray Davis was booted and Arnold Schwarzenegger was elected. That latter one, it was mostly due to an electricity price controversy, partially tied to Enron, whereas Newsom's current troubles mostly relate to his COVID-19 policies. And just to be clear, Gavin Newsom hasn't yet been recalled. It's just there will be a vote to recall him, during which California citizens will also be asked to pick a replacement if the recall is successful. The bottom line, California's chief executive is about to face the voters, two years earlier than he had expected. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper into the reasons for the recall, and if anyone, such as Caitlyn Jenner, has a legitimate shot of winning, with Phil Willon of the LA Times. But first, this. We're joined now by Phil Willon, who covers the governor's office and state politics for the L.A. Times. So, Phil, a year ago, Gavin Newsom seemed to be a politician on the rise nationally. Now he is facing a recall. Can you walk us through kind of the the short story of this apparent fall from grace? Yeah, I mean, he was flying high last March. This is shortly after the stay-at-home order where Newsom issued that for all Californians. California was the first state to do that. Um, It was a decisive action. He got a lot of praise nationwide for that. Since that time, people have kind of chafed at a lot of the restrictions. A couple uh, controversies have have cropped up to kind of dim his star. And that really happened over the summer and into the fall. We had a huge scandal with our unemployment agency where billions of dollars was sent to like prisoners and scam artists and you name it. We had a controversy where he was caught or photographed dining at this fancy restaurant in the Napa Valley, the French Laundry Restaurant. At the same time, he was telling Californians to stay at home and avoid gathering. So it was kind of a combination of things. And schools were closed, businesses were hurting. And so as time wore on, I mean, I think it's kind of a natural and almost expected response people have. They kind of got sick and tired of all the restrictions. And his popularity plummeted. How much of this is blowback from members of his own party or from independents? And how much of this is Republicans who think they might have an opening to do a replay of 2003? This was led by Republicans. This is a Republican-led recall effort. There are independents that have signed, a lot of independents that have signed the petitions to recall him from office. But, I mean, in California, there's a, we have a lot of independents. There's a lot of right-leaning independents, so that's not unexpected. According to some of the polls that have come out and recently, about 35 to 40 percent of Californians support the recall. That's kind of the ceiling of um, kind of support for Donald Trump or a Republican candidate for governor. Not enough to get over the hump of recalling him, but it's kind of the baseline of opposition against a Democrat. 
If that's not enough to get over the hump, is there a reason to believe that Republicans are going to be able to sway that, call it another 11, 12 percent to get over the hump? Uh, I don't know. If, if you know something that I don't, I'd love to hear it. But we just don't know what's going to happen in the months ahead. There's a lot of uncertainties. Right now, uh, there's a lot of wind, I mean, a lot of headwinds that are helping Newsom now. We have uh, like a $15 billion budget surplus. Our COVID rate in California is the lowest in the nation. Um, we have, you know, vaccinations are, you know, all over the place. Things are looking up. Businesses are opening. Kids are going back to school. People are on the stands at Dodger Stadium. So things are really brightening up. What we don't know is if some variant uh, will hit and like have we'll have another surge. What we don't know is if there's still a lot of animosity about the schools not reopening. And if a lot of parents, including Democrats and independents, are still kind of ticked off about that. And I mean, there was a lot of uh, the kids are way behind in learning. And there's and that's a real issue. And that's something that the recall proponents will tap into and try to really uh, beat the drum on that. How much of the 2003 playbook, recall playbook, can apply to 2021 for Republicans? The state is is vastly different than in 2003. I mean, we it's more democratic now. It's more partisan, but the Demo- the Republican Party is kind of uh, a shell of its former self in the state. Um, it's like 23, 24% of registered voters, whereas Democrats are like 40 to 45%. The difference also was... Back then, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he jumped into the race, that changed everything. If he had not jumped into the race, I'm not sure Gray Davis would have been recalled from office. But if someone of that caliber and that popularity jumps in, that could change everything. Let me get to that in a second. I'm just curious, though, the signature threshold gets uh, crossed yesterday, which means there is going to actually be a recall vote. Were you surprised they got that number, given, as you say, the relative paucity of Republicans in the state? No, I think just because of all the problems with the response to the pandemic that um, this was the sixth attempt to recall Newsom since he's taken office. He's only been in office for two and a half years. All five previous ones basically disappeared without a thought. This one uh, was fueled by the pandemic. You had the the state and national Republican parties putting in money. So that was that was the difference. Was there a one-line message? If I was going to a supermarket and somebody gave me a petition to sign, what was the one-liner that was, we want to recall uh, Governor Newsom because? Uh, because you have to wear masks and your kids can't go to school. So you talked about this idea that in 03, had Schwarzenegger not appeared, maybe Gray Davis got to, would have gotten to remain governor. Caitlyn Jenner is obviously the, nationally the name that, that we keep hearing. Do you see or hear about people potentially coming out of the woodwork who you think could be the next Schwarzenegger? Uh, I, we have not, and we don't know. I mean, it's just all a bunch of speculation, people sitting around trying to guess, uh, you know, Magic Johnson, Oprah, you name it. I mean, it's really kind of fanciful stuff. I mean, but no one, there's no reason to believe anyone like that will jump in. Do you, do you feel you need that? In other words, does it need to be a Magic Johnson, Oprah sort of person, as opposed to, you know, rising star state, state Senator X? Yeah, it has to be someone that can transcend almost partisan politics like Schwarzenegger did in many ways. He was, he, he appealed to moderates. He appealed to Democrats. He was very popular. He was very politically engaged. Uh, I think people forget that. I mean, Caitlyn Jenner has not been. Schwarzenegger was. I mean, he was involved in uh, ballot measures. He was tight with uh, uh, George H.W. Bush in the White House, if you remember. I mean, he was, but he wasn't a hyper-partisan person. But, um, but he had an appeal. He had popular appeal. So 
if someone like that gets in, I think it could be uh, change everything. He was also a Republican, of course, uh, you know, going up against a Democrat. Is there any possibility? And you mentioned somebody like an Oprah, who I believe is, if not a registered Democrat, at least aligned that way. Is there any possibility you could see a, quote, Democratic or left leaning star come and challenge? Or do you think Newsom's got that locked up? They're trying to lock it up. I think that's one of the real dangers is a real progressive gets into the race. And I don't know who that would be. A lot of a uh, Rokana uh, representative from the Bay Area uh, has not uh, basically said he will support or, I guess, uh, oppose the recall. Almost every other Democrat has in the state, every other major Democrat. Um, but that's a real danger. I mean, we have Tom Steyer, who, you know, ran for president um, and he's been a, a very active in California politics. Who knows what he's going to do? Help uh, people understand the logistics of this, because am I correct in saying California voters are going to get asked two things on the same day? First, do you want to recall? And then if so, who you want to be the next governor? Is, is that how this works? Yeah, there'll be two questions on the ballot, which will be in the fall. The first will be, should Gavin Newsom be recalled from office? Yes or no? And if he's recalled from office, at the same ballot, voters are asked, if he is recalled, who do you want to replace him? And there's the list of the candidates there. And Newsom cannot be on that list. Just as a piece of that, just to be clear, if you vote no, I don't want him recalled, you still get to vote in that second piece? Correct. You do. Last thing for you, Phil, how does this play out? Is he recalled or not? What, what's your betting odds? Right now, I don't think he gets recalled. I mean, I, I just think everything is, is going his way right now. I mean, the state is recovering. I think the state will emerge from the pandemic pretty strong. We had a UCLA economic forecast saying our economy will bounce back. Uh, rapidly here in California. I think, like you said, by the time fall rolls around, kids will be back in school. Um, businesses will be open. Uh, people will be working at their offices. Uh, people will be going to Rams games and Niners games. Um, things will be, it'll be a much different world. Uh, that said, you never know if things go sideways, which could happen. We don't know. Phil Willon of the LA Times. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Welcome back. What we're watching today are mask mandates, with the CDC announcing that fully vaccinated people needn't wear masks outdoors. Three things to know. First, this matters in a lot of places, but not everywhere. 15 states had already dropped their requirements to wear masks in outdoor places. Two, the CDC is only referring to fully vaccinated people here, which means that you're at least two weeks past your J&J shot or two weeks past your second Moderna or Pfizer shot. Three, this applies to things like doing physical activities outdoors, uh, attending small outdoor gatherings, including with unvaccinated people, and dining outdoors. It doesn't include any changes to CDC guidance on indoor gatherings or travel. The CDC also recommends everyone continue to wear a mask when in a crowd. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Naomi Shaven, Sabina Sangani, and Alex Sugiara. Please be sure to leave us a review. And if you're not already following or subscribing to this podcast, please do so. Have a great national prime rib day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap. <laughs>